From the Sky News Centre at 11, from next month, United Utilities customers will have to look for alternative ways of watering their gardens and washing their cars. The company, which covers the northwest of England, is banning hose pipes and sprinklers despite some rain showers hitting the region this morning. Helen Apps from the company says people should not be too concerned. We're not telling them they can't use water for all the essential things that they would normally use it for in the house. What we're saying is, is please don't use these water hungry devices like sprinklers or like hose pipes. The official Brexit campaign has been fined £61,000 and referred to the police for breaking laws on election spending. The Electoral Commission found vote leave exceeded its legal limit by almost half a million pounds. Its chief executive, Claire Bassett, says a thorough investigation was carried out. We were able to obtain evidence from a whole range of sources. That did include whistleblowers, but it also included other things like email exchanges, minutes, the actual behaviour during the campaign. And it's by looking at all of that evidence in the whole that we've reached the conclusions that we have. Vote Leave claims the report contains a number of false accusations. Meanwhile, Theresa May faces another battle in the Commons today after her Brexit customs bill scraped through last night. MPs are due to vote on the trade bill, which paves the way for international trade deals, and there's a controversial vote on whether to send MPs on their summer break early. Donald Trump's facing heavy criticism after suggesting he trusts Vladimir Putin over his own intelligence services. The US president implied during that during a news conference with his his Russian counterpart yesterday. Unemployment fell by 12,000 in the three months to the end of May. Official figures show the number of people out of work is now 1.14 million. And Amazon's boss has been named the richest man in modern history. The Bloomberg Billionaires Index says Jeff Bezos has a fortune of £113 billion. That's the latest. I'm Victoria Lawrence. Up to date and on the pulse, this is Hope FM.
set a prisoner free. There is no end to what its power can do. So let it go and be amazed by what you see through eyes of grace. The prisoner that it really frees is you. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Oh, forgiveness. Forgiveness. Show me how to love the unlovable. Show me how to reach the unreachable. Help me now to do. That was, sorry, that was Long Way Home by David D. Um, or Long Way Home, Flight David D by Neon Feather. That's a peculiar, peculiar name. Well, you're listening to me, Elaine Glover, uh, 90.1 Hope FM, www.hopefm.com. And you can find us at Hope FM 90.1 on your tuning app. Well, this morning we've had a few technical issues. <laughs> and now my... Um, my speaker all has come off, so <laughs> I think we're under a bit of attack this morning, one way or another. But we've been speaking to um, Vinnie Moorcroft, whose uncle was on The Glorious, and also Captain Monty, Rolf Monteith, um, whose father-in-law died on The Glorious. And we've been talking about what happened on that day and how 1,500 men were not killed by... Um, Injury from being bombed by the Germans, but they were left in the water for three days in the North Sea. Um, And now we have Emma Heath, who runs the 12-step programme, the recovery course in St. Swithens and St. Clements. Good morning, Emma. Good morning. Um, So how are you today? I'm good, I'm good, really good. Um, I work for a local charity, so I've been in work this morning and... Um, pleasure to be here with you today and that's wonderful so before we carry on can you share with us how you came to faith 
Um, I was brought up in a Christian home, absolutely wonderful mother. Um, sadly, my dad left when I was tiny, but my mother just gave us everything. I went to a very traditional church as a kid. I was um, brought up in the Sunday school and choir, and you know that's where my faith journey began. Um, it wasn't probably until about six or seven years ago um, when life took a dramatic turn that I reconnected with my faith, and it's been a wonderful um, you know, journey over the last several years to be where I am today but you know Jesus is everything to me so I'm very fortunate. So what exactly brought you into the recovery program? What, what was it that made you decide that you wanted to get involved? Um, my background is addiction. I, um, I began at the age of 11 with um, anorexia and bulimia and that just transpired into many different addictions and um, that feeling of um, self-worth um, was on the floor and um, sadly, I picked up alcohol at quite a young age and became um, dependent upon that as I grew up. And it just manifested into so many things. I went to university and alcohol and drinking was just rife. And yeah, so my at my worst, I was drinking about two litres of vodka a day, just wanting to die, to be honest. And um, I knew I had to do something different. And 10 years ago, I myself got into recovery and then bit by bit as my faith just grew and reconnected I got introduced to a program which is called the recovery course that originated out of HTB in London when I joined the local church in Bournemouth HTB and yeah I got asked to run this course alongside another lady and we in all honesty thought it would be a tiny little course and you know um, it just has become probably one of the biggest um, Christ-centred addiction courses in Britain. And I've had the privilege of joining a fantastic charity called Recovery 2 that takes the recovery course nationally. So yes, very exciting times, I believe, for um, Christ-centred recovery in Britain. Well, yes, I mean, that your life start with well, your your life at the beginning is very much like mine because you wouldn't know now, but I mean, I was anorexic. Okay. Anorexia then turned yeah. to alcohol. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the thing is with me, because uh, I came from a. I wasn't brought up as a, a, in a Christian upbringing, but I became a Christian. Naive, got married, and then problems of marriage and expectations, which didn't turn out. So. From being fat and starving yourself to death, the only other thing that I could do was taking I was taking Valium and vodka, and then yeah. I was in more immorality and bad relationships, mm. and then it was bottles of vodka and bottles of everything every night, yeah. and um, you're filling a void, aren't you? You are, which yeah. should be where Jesus is. And then when I got saved, it was the Lord that broke that addiction. However, we still, and I know I'd imagine yourself, we still at times when I'm stressed when my late husband died or I've been in difficulties, sometimes you do relapse and you have to really... And it, that's what we also have to understand, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's an ongoing, but it's how we deal with it, isn't it? Totally. I. It's funny you say that because I believe, like I grew up thinking I had this hole in the soul and you hear it a lot in the fellowships, which are wonderful. Um, But it wasn't until I actually had a really difficult experience six years ago in recovery 
and I ended up drinking again for two weeks and it was after that that I realized that that hole in the soul for me was a cross-shaped hole that needed filling and it yes. it reignited my passion for Jesus and the fact that I can't do this alone and in Emma's strength I am nothing so to bring my recovery and my faith together just made complete sense but actually I would never recommend a relapse to anyone but those two weeks of absolute carnage for me helped me to propel me to a point where I needed to make some big changes and thankfully I reached to God and he just came and the things he's been doing in my life mm. I there's no way if he'd have told me then you'd be doing this this and this and I, I would have been no way could I do that but he has done like they say in Ephesians you know measurably more than I could ever ask or imagine and he still is and and that's the beautiful thing I think when a person's addiction and recovery um, gets drawn to um, God and that's the beautiful thing I get to see in the recovery course that we we are running around the country well yes because it's not just about a quick fix it's about a life change I mean I recently went to LL ministry um, where I was counseled for things in my life Mm -hmm. uh, brokenness um, soul wounds soul ties Mm -hmm. and that made a big impact on me And also what you were saying is, I mean, there are times when I have returned to alcohol Mm. and you realise that actually it's not doing the same. It's it's just not the answer. And we have to, it's a journey and a process. And I think, you know, we can see where we relapse as being a failure. It's not. It's just about falling down and then being picked back up again and carrying on. Mm. Not walking backwards, but focusing on Jesus, isn't it? Exactly, and there's such a stigma attached to failure. I think with when you've got an addictive nature, that that it goes inherent with failure. I'm not good enough. So the minute somebody picks up again or goes back to their habit or whatever their habit or drug of choice is, it can be like you can go two ways. You can either see it as a big failure, or you can see it as an opportunity um, to really recreate ourselves and. I say to people, you know, obviously in an ideal world that wouldn't happen, but we can use this as a gift if we channel it into, you know, um, our faith and our journey and what what we've learned from it, because there is always something to learn from it. Yes. Um, Well, coming up next is a wonderful song, Reckless Love. And then afterwards, we'll hear a little bit more about what the 12 steps are and how they um, have the recovery course. Don't 
11.19 and that was Reckless Love by Corrie Asbury and in the in the studio at the moment we have Emma Heath who runs the 12-step programme in St Swithin's and also St Clement's and you want to run this nationally as well as more churches here don't you? We do, I'm involved with a wonderful charity called Recovery 2 and we, I'm a trustee of them and we actually, there's over 80 courses already running around the UK and we in our new strategy want to get this course within 30 miles of everybody within the UK um, and mobilise churches to be able to be equipped to run this course um, and sort of invest in recovery in their community. So a model that I've been creating in Bournemouth, which um, London and different places want to model also, is to bring churches together to run the course, which makes it much more sustainable. Yes. And um, bring in people, you know, to make it a community approach rather than, you know, isolated churches just running it here and there so we can support each other 
um, to help our communities around addiction. And that is happening in Bournemouth now, which is amazing. It's something that I've been um, really involved in. I've been running this course here for four years now. And over the last year, we've seen some other churches get involved and it's very exciting. The aim is that a recovery course is running every week of the year within a locality, um, which will help so many people. Mm. Yes, so. that's that's wonderful. So um, is it linked, it's linked with the HTB? I mean, that's been running for a while, hasn't it? Well, the course was written by a gentleman called Nigel Skelsey when he yes. was working for HTB. And then he left HTB and took the course with him. And um, he then gave recovery to the course to help propel forward. So it's originated out of HGB, but it's not an HGB course. Mm. Um, So it's actually, I think that's a really good thing because it means that that course can go to any church anywhere, not necessarily one brand of church, you know, and go all over, which is fantastic. And we're seeing many more churches that wouldn't normally have the resources really want to get involved, which is great. So what is the idea of the course? What is it about? Well, it works on the model of the 12 steps, which was originally created by Alcoholics Anonymous. um, And that actually was formulated by a group of Christian people. So what we're doing with the recovery course is bringing the roots of the 12 step model um, that is so successful across, you know, the world with Alcoholics Anonymous and other fellowships, but bringing in the biblical comparisons. So it brings Christ right into the centre and in the fellowships which are amazing you know I'm a big advocate for the fellowships they talk about higher power as a concept of God Um, and I understand why they do that to appeal to as many people and believers or not believers as possible but whereas the recovery course is different that we openly say that we will talk about you know Christ Jesus and you know we know who our higher power is when we work through these this 12-step model which is all about Um, you know looking at what's brought a person to addiction looking at it moves away from the substance or the habit but more about a solution more about a healing journey and then at the end to be able to give back as well which we see as a phenomenal um, next step in a person's journey of recovery so it is I can't um, explain how passionate I am about it because I see it working yes because um, I when it first came out with Nigel, I actually he came, I was in Southampton, I and I actually went to a meeting where he was discussing it when it first came out. Yeah. And then um, sometimes because I worked at Langley House, I would help Noel McNamee. I don't yeah, know whether you know I do, Noel. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I've I've taken part um, in that in Victory Gospel Church, and yes, we have seen you know people's lives change. And the, and the good thing is it, it helps you to come to terms with the fact that you are an alcoholic. You don't keep it secret, do you? Mm-hmm. And and also aware, I mean, it might be different because I've, I've noticed a difference in, in, in the two. But it, it, when I was there, it helped you to understand how it affected your behaviours, affected other people. Definitely. And um, my dear friend, Justin Reese larkham who's also involved, he's the chief exec of the charity Recovery yes. Too, uh, Jennifer Reese larkhams son. I mean, he, he runs a course in Kent and he says about it just brings things to light. And by bringing things into the light, we're able to really kind of deal with them. Yes. Um, and it's, you know, we I've seen over 800 people in Bournemouth come to this course in four years. It is phenomenal. It's culture changing. Um, but obviously there's a lot of fear around addiction which I see all the time Mm. um, in people and it used to be that when I came across somebody that was fearful 
it I would be quite reactive I'd be like well, why don't you get it um, but actually every time I meet someone that doesn't understand about addiction I say god bless that person because it really means that there are still people it restores my hope actually because it me- makes me realize there are people out there that haven't necessarily been through it themselves or walked alongside someone that has so that really does restore my hope that not everyone understands it but I do believe a lot of this is about educating communities educating our churches helping people to not have that fear so they can say actually yes I will walk alongside somebody I will disciple them I will help encourage them and yes you know that's what I I have a real God-given passion to help do well um I think it was last year or early this year we had Jack Skett who wrote the book um, Intimacy with God and, mm. and about how to combat pornography and the yeah. dangers of it yeah. and how many people actually, you know, many people, and especially in the church leaders, have, there's been a survey of they've been involved with pornography and he, he spoke about how he was and how he came to Christ but he said that we need to be vulnerable mm. in a right way, obviously, yeah. So that other people can feel that, wow, it's happened to them. Yeah. They've got hope. Yeah. And they're not afraid because another thing is that I've found is that with these problems of addiction, um, you know, I, we also have to, not just it's not just about addiction, but how do we free ourselves from it? Because um, in, in Southampton, uh, I was speaking to a couple of ladies who are involved with prostitution and they've, they they want to be free of it, but the problem is they've got houses and they need to... And it's the fear of um, people knowing. I mean, I just to say something, just t- try and for the listeners, when I recently, I nearly died and I had uh, cerebral malaria and a part of it is when you um, have brain damage as you're recovering... And it affects your health. And I threw water over my husband and he didn't know what to do. So I ended up being in a police cell overnight all day and having to go to court. And just that alone and now actually trying to get a job and having to keep going over the fact that I had cerebral malaria. They don't understand uh, what it is. But when you go for a DB, whatever it is. DBS. And it comes up, I'm thinking, here we go again. So that was just something like throwing water over somebody. Yeah. And I know how that would feel. Mm. So we, we as Christians, need to um, come alongside people and make them feel that, you know, it's not the end of the world. This happens. This is life, isn't it? Yeah, breaking the shame, breaking the, the taboo of, you know, I, I remember like, um, gosh, about eight, nine years ago, I went through cancer. And just yes. to be able to even talk about cancer, you know, back then was like, oh, gosh, you know, there was all this stigma attached to, you know, what would happen. Whereas nowadays, I, you know, I talk openly about it and there isn't that, oh, gosh, I don't understand it. But And I think that's how addiction will come. I think the more that these courses are set up, the more that we're talking about it, like now, together, mm. making it accessible to chat about you know it happens to so many people and it's not just the person with the addiction it's the family member that's drawn into it the friend the colleague you know it's an epidemic that we need to be talking about and if we're talking about it in our churches you know um, there's so many studies out there you know for example like premier have just done a study about you know pornography within the churches you know it's, it's important we talk about this because 
addiction doesn't discriminate it's everywhere it's not just in the down and out places it's in some of the most upper class places i've ever been to as well you know well yes because we have this silly stigma don't we that that it all happens in Bosque and it all happens in... But yeah. it, it's, it's everywhere. It's, it is. It's, whether it's Sandbanks, whether it's Boscombe, whether it's Pool, whether it's what... And I know that um, me and my husband have um, have a group to pray for Upton and, and yeah. uh, one of the surprising things are because it's... I mean, it's not that... There are parts that are wealthy in Upton and there are parts that aren't, but people have... Uh, it's come back to me that people are ashamed of receiving you know, food bank food, and they can't afford it. There's this, this incredible shame about everything, and really, the more that we talk about it, the more that it seems normal in everyday life, it breaks that free. It's that cycle of fear, isn't it? Yeah, because that could be the biggest barrier for someone actually getting recovery if they don't feel they can talk to people about it. Well, yes. Um, and so this, actually, we'll, we'll give way now to this um, song... And it's no longer a slave of fear by Jen Johnson.
That was No Longer Slaves to Fear, but I'm a Child of God by Jen Johnson. And the time now is 11.34. And you are listening to Elaine Glover at Hope FM 90.1. You can find us at Hope FM 90.1 on your TuneIn app or www.hopefm.com. And we're talking with Emma Heath this morning, um, trustee, aren't you, of the recovery programme? I am, yeah. Pro- yes. Recovery 2 is the Re- charity. Reco- recovery 2, yes. Yes. And uh, it's very interesting really to talk about these things because I have got the heart as you because I just feel that we're living in we're living in a in a broken world and we're broken people. And you know when we're talking about the recovery course and we're talking yeah. about people that go they're not the dregs of society. And as I found out, as an, I'm an alcoholic, or not as I am now, I'm, I was an alcoholic. And, um, you know, we're all broken people. We're all the same. Well, at we're, the end of the day, a, we're all sinners, aren't we? We're all we? sinners, and we're all, <laughs> um, we're all, we don't deserve to be saved by grace, but we are because of the love of Jesus Christ. And before we go on, because I'd like just to say, if, if I'm Joe Bloggs and I want to get involved, then you, you could take us through that, but... One of the biggest things as well is forgiveness and forgiveness of yourself, isn't it? It really is because I I get layers of, you know, thinking I've forgiven myself for what I've done to people but also to me. Um, But it comes up again and again and it's a continual work um, in progress. But forgiveness, once someone can really forgive the past and move forward um, with Christ at the centre, that you know, amazing things happen. But it is hard, and I think the 12 steps are amazing for bringing people to a point where they can really see, like we said earlier, about bringing things into the light and then be able to let them go and really kind of like not focus on what you know that anymore and finding that freedom. But forgiving yourself takes time, it takes people just journeying with you, it takes commitment. And you know, we all make mistakes all the time, yes. Um, every day I make mistakes, you know, even more recently, I had a really difficult period a couple of of months ago where I just hurt people all around me. Um, and I didn't intend to, um, you know, and it's only now that I can forgive myself and pray that they can forgive me because I was, you know, out of sorts. My mum had an operation. I, you know, going Mm. through a lot of, um, changes within my church and things and, you know, it it really impacted then on my recovery and I had to dig deep. I had to dig really deep because even though I've, I'm free of addiction, it can still raise its head at any yes. time. And I it was a really difficult period, but I'm you know getting through that. But that's because I know where to get my strength today. And so many people don't have that in their lives. And that's why I guess I'm so passionate about bringing people to faith through, you know, and the recovery course is an amazing opportunity for people to come to a course address their addiction but get so much more from it and that's when I get the goosebumps that's when I you know when people have done a course and then go on to Alpha or Freedom in Christ or another course that really helps them to understand who they are in and who their identity is people lose their identity in addiction you know I, I didn't know who I was and a big change for me in addiction was when um, recovery was when I realised that I didn't want to be that person I was before t- addiction got hold. Yes. It was like I'd been given an opportunity to really recreate myself, and I'm just, you know, I haven't got it nailed at all, you know. I, um, 
but it's a continual journey and that's what we're taught as believers that we we don't just know everything you know some people think that they know the bible inside out but it's a continual journey you can read something time and time again and something new is brought to light and i believe that's like the walk we're in when we're a recovering you know person with christ it's just you know it's ongoing well it is ongoing and the, the problem is um what i've found is is there are consequences yeah to what we do because when i was when i was living in domestic violence and an alcohol alcoholic drinking at night time um it has effect on your children and my children don't speak to me i have no relationship with my daughter and son i've never seen my grandchildren and they're 13 the eldest is 13 um and if they're not christians it's very hard to actually help them to understand i mean i could talk to my daughter like i could talk to you but unless they're in that place and and so you know with with recovery it's about forgiving yourself and having to come to a term where you know it like for years you know like i was battling with their unforgiveness for me and it made me want to drink again made me want to uh, self-harm again yeah. so I have to forgive myself and, and move on and it's it's up to them because I can't force them and I, I, that's been a big thing for me for my recovery is how it's affected other people definitely and um, you know we run a, a my, well my mother actually has written a program to help family and friends of people suffering um, from a loved one's addiction and that's called the recovery support program and that's again going nationally but it's about that holistic approach it's not just the person with the addiction or the habit it's looking at the the wider ripple effect on those that have been affected by it and you know i mean that in itself is such a, a a god um story because six years ago my mother had a cardiac arrest and i was fortunate enough to do cpr on her and I know in that moment, you know, that was one of the biggest things for me in my faith journey because I could see Jesus in the room. You know, when the paramedics called it a day and I, I, this peace transcended over me and I was six weeks back from my last drink. So it was yes. amazing timing. And um, this peace came over me and I was able to say to the paramedics, can you try one more time? And they tried, they looked at me and they saw, they must have seen something in me, you know, yes. and they tried one more time. And my mum's heart started again and she came, you know, came back to life. I helped her get back on track. And the first word she said to me when she woke up after being in intensive care was, Emma, I'm powerless. And that's a word that we use so much in recovery and in the fellowships because it is so true. You know, we are so powerless, yes. um, you know, and then bringing God into it. We, we gain power in being able to you know, combat the addiction. And in that moment, that commonality, because she knew, I knew what she meant and I, you know, and it was beautiful. So I think the the amazing thing is when one person that has gone through addiction is able to walk alongside somebody else in addiction, there is some amazing connection. Mm. Um, and that's why in the courses that we run, it they're run by people that have been and walked that journey before because straight away people can say yes you've been there and I can look at somebody in their face and say like you can to me and say I've been there yes um but I know how I've come through it and that is such an opportunity to share our own journeys and our own faith with people it is it's it's just phenomenal I can't 
explain it anymore. Well, yes, because I remember, I mean, I was quite involved with Transform Ministries in Brixton and in Southampton. I remember hearing a lady, I mean, I've never been in prison and I've never been involved with criminality, mm. in, although uh, apart from when I had malaria and ended up in, in, in the police cell. But, um, and I heard her talking about her children and how she stood yeah. on the word of God yeah. with Rachel in Raymore crying out for her children. Yeah. And they came back to her. And because she had sort of spoken about what happened when she was struggling with addiction and with her children, that really empowered me because I was thinking, my goodness, I'm not the only person I've got the problems. And and it empowers you because you don't feel alone, do you? No, and and we forget how many people are affected by this, and and children especially. Mm. You know, I've never been blessed with children, but... More recently, I met the most amazing father um, of two kids and he became a Christian a few months ago and it was, it warmed my heart, you know, um, seeing that happen. It was nothing to do with me. You know, I could see God at work in his life and since then, you know, he's in recovery himself and he's been able to turn his whole life around and um, and now introduce his children to the faith that he believes in and even his little girl, I had a text the other day saying, you know, I want to know who that Jesus is. And that yes. is that warms my heart because the ripple effect when a person in recovery especially, you know, finds out how their strength and where their strength comes from, it's, yes. it, it warms my heart when I think of those stories. Well, anyway, before we're going to, we're going to play Matthew West's Forgiveness. This is another wonderful song, but I want to read this scripture and then after that we'll talk about the, the national... Um, what you uh, so anyway the psalm 121 I, w- I will lift mine eyes into the hills and where does my help come from my help comes from the lord which made heaven and earth he will not suffer thy foot to be moved and he keeps thee, thee and there will not slumber behold he that keepeth israel shall neither slumber nor sleep the lord is thy keeper the lord is thy shade upon the right hand the sun shall not smite thee by day nor moon by night the Lord will preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve my soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this day forth. It's the hardest thing to give away And the last thing on your mind today It always goes to those who don't deserve It's the opposite of how you feel When the pain they cause is just too real Taste everything you have to say the word Forgiveness Forgiveness It flies in the face of all your pride It's always anger's own worst enemy Even when the jury and the judge Say you got a right to hold a grudge It's the whisper in your ear saying set it free Forgiveness
set a prisoner free There is no end to what its power can do So let it go and be amazed by what you see through eyes of grace The prisoner that it really frees is you Forgiveness Forgiveness Oh, forgiveness Forgiveness Show me how to love the unlovable Show me how to reach the unreachable Help me now to do the impossible Forgiveness, I won't finally set it free So show me how to see what your mercy sees And help me now to give what you gave to me Forgiveness Well that was Matthew West Forgiveness and that's a, a wonderful song it's not the the words are so powerful, you know, to fi- to want finally set it free, show me how to see what your mercy sees and help me now to give what you gave to me and that's forgiveness. Um, well, Emma, can you can you share with us, first of all, if I'm Joe Bloggs and I want to go to your recovery course, how do I, what happens and, and how many how many sessions are there and what sort of things do you do in them? Sure. Well, the recovery course is it's normally a 15 or 16 week um, program. It can be condensed down a bit, which we're piloting at the moment. But in general, it's about that time. So over about, um, you know, three, four months. Um, And it's one evening or daytime a week. You get a course book. Um, People come in. There's always food or some sort of hospitality. Um, And then people get um, allocated into a group depending on the size of the course running it depends on how many groups are running but it would be either male group or female groups and mm. um, we try and keep you know people slightly separate for that for it's a easier to talk and then we would i someone like myself who facilitates it would introduce the course go through a few kind of um, guidelines you know about confidentiality and things like that and then we um, usually have a speaker i know you came and spoke the other week and we have like a a speaker and then a DVD which was created by Nigel which talks about each um, session and then there's the opportunity for people to talk in their groups and in their group time Um, and as the course goes on prayers introduced a bit so if people would like prayer we have a prayer group running as well Um, so it's covered in prayer which is key Um, and then you know through the week we see the groups kind of bonding and keeping in touch with each other cheering each other along um, and the groups, it's people with all different addictions and habits as well. It's not categorised to, oh, right, you have to be in a group with people that have had alcohol issues. It's not like that at all mm. um, because we're moving away from the addiction and the habit more into a solution. Um, and so that's how that kind of runs. Yes. Um, we're just coming to the end of two courses at the minute um, for um, St. Swithin's and St. Clement's. There's a few weeks left, but people can still come along and see it running in order to have an idea of what to expect. Yes. Um, and then there is a new course starting at Destiny Life Church on the 26th of September. 
um, by a great friend of mine, Lynn. They've already run one, um, yes. and they're starting again on that Thursday evening, the 26th, so they can contact Lynn directly at the church. So it's Destiny Life Church in Bournemouth. Um, and, yeah, we're just hoping to get another one, possibly at Cranley Church down um, the other side of Bournemouth, um, probably in the new year hopefully they're coming to see it model this is the model we're trying to create that that churches come together to run it which is fantastic um so that vision i had a few years back of a recovery course running every week of the year in bournemouth is actually happening that's wonderful and so um could you give a, a breakdown really of the course i mean what every week what you know what sort of topic do you have yeah i mean for example at step one which is um the first step is really addressing powerlessness um and looking then into unmanageability around addiction and then we come on to sort of bringing god into it Mm. um we then work on what they call step four which is looking at a fearless and thorough moral inventory of ourselves which is really looking at all the things in the past that have contributed towards a person feeling they have to reach out to a substance or a habit or an addiction um, and then it's looking at um, how to give that to God and find freedom from that like we talked about the you know forgiveness part mm. um, and then moving forward to what they call maintenance steps so that really is about um, giving back um, I, the beautiful thing I see is when I, I, I saw a young man come to the course four years ago and he just looked grey and um, a tiny early 20s lovely guy um but he wouldn't look up he just couldn't the shame that was um surrounding him around his pornography addiction and you know bit by bit he started like getting the shame started leaving him um and he was able to look people in the face and bit by bit you know he grew as a person he became a helper on the next course yes and then you know got really involved by giving back and that giving back um to something that he was passionate about he's now you know a guy that had no confidence he's now in an acting school in London and that for me it just warms my heart because it opens up the opportunities for people to just grow as individuals and yes um you know the course is just it's just phenomenal it's not just in Britain it's all over the place um we know there's courses in Canada America um now Australia um Mm. and that's wonderful even um I met a prison chaplain last year um by chance uh, or to say chance you know what I mean um, it was a god thing wasn't it it's oh, a key I, I'll give you the key to- yeah I often say is it odd or is it god um and I met this prison chaplain and he said he'd love to run some recovery work in prisons and he knew nothing about what I was involved in I let him talk a bit and um and lo and behold we started emailing each other and I gave him all the resources for the recovery course and to cut a long story short I happened to be traveling in Australia in October and I had one day free and bearing in mind how huge Australia is, he happened to live like 20, 25 minutes away from where I'd be that day. Yes. So we met up, we connected, I shared what like what I'm sharing about now with the recovery work. And it's now running in a load of prisons and a young offenders institute out there. And it's like, God is so anointed this course. So, yes. you know, I it's just amazing what's going on with it. Well, that's, that's really wonderful. And... Um, what kind of what is your vision is it to eventually that all churches would have 
the recovery car. I course. think realistically, I don't think all churches would have the resources or the capacity to run a course, you know, but I want to make it that every church could be involved if they would like to be. Yes. Um, and it's mobilising churches to come together. I like that churches together approach. For example, I'm off to Eastleigh this evening to do some training because the churches together in Eastleigh are starting a course in September. You know, it's all over, but it's, it's helping people to... Um, first of all break down the fear around addiction and also to be able to help them to understand that everyone can get involved it could be prayer it could be helping with cooking it could be you know offering some mentorship you know anything people can actually get involved there is no fear needed in helping people through addiction yes it can be messy but you know Jesus got right in the middle of the mess and I believe as Christians we're called to actually be right in that mess with those people not be on the outside looking at them um, we should be walking and journeying with them. Well, yes. That, I mean, there is that church for children, messy church, but I think that's what we should call church, isn't it? Because we're all, we're all fallen, we're all sinners, and we're all saved by the grace of God and the love of God. Yeah. So um, we've just got a couple of minutes now. So is there anything that you could share with the listeners to encourage them? Well, in all honesty, there is hope. You know, in the most darkest of places, I see hope. And that's why I love what I do, because, you know, it is hard work. It really is. But we see whole lives transformed, you know, just to one lady came to our course a few years ago and she only came once. Um, and in that one time, she reconnected with Jesus in that moment, the week after she died of a heroin overdose. And I know that's tragic, but at least she knew where she was going. You know, I've I've heard this so many times. Addiction is, you know, it's awful for those people in it but also the families but there is opportunities to recover I know it I don't just say it I believe it for myself but also in the people that we see you know having over 800 people in Bournemouth and the surrounding area come to this there's a need for it and you know if people want to get involved if they want to help if they want to pray they can contact me directly uh, my email's emma at recovery and the word to two dot org, yes. or they can come along and see the course running at, you know, St Swithin's this Thursday at seven o'clock. Come have a look, pray with us, um, or or just Google recovery two, and we'll be able to tell you where the nearest recovery course is running. Or if you're a church that want to just get involved, let me know. There's opportunities. No one needs to not, you know. Well, thank you so much, Emma, for coming in today. And uh, we'll just quickly pray for you because we've come now to the end of the Community Matters show. It's 11.57. Father God, we just pray, Lord, for Emma, that you'll bless her, that you continue to use her. Thank you, Lord, that you have a plan for her life, plans to prosper and not to harm her, but to give her a hope and a future. And you've you've brought her into this um, wonderful recovery course and the 12-step program as, as you have taken her brokenness like a piece of clay made it into a beautiful pot therefore she's using that and helping other people because you love us you value our lives and you take us as we are and make us into something precious um can i just ask one little thing yes and it's really on my heart because we can I hate to say it, but we can only do this with people donating to Recovery 2. Yes. Actually, it costs to go to these places and set the courses up. So if anyone, you know, would like to financially support the work of Recovery 2 so that we can change a whole culture on addiction, just go to recovery2two.org and they can just donate online. 
Well, thank you very much. We've come to the end of the show. It's gone by so quickly. And uh, so we'll see you next Friday with some more interviews. Goodbye and God bless. Thank you. Sorry, I had to chat that in at the end. Shema Israel Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kevod Malchuto The national and international news. This is Hope FM.